We're here. We're back. I'm Riss. And I'm Liza. And this is the Little Sleep Much Reading Podcast. Season two premiere. Season two premiere. And finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading, his brain dried up and he went completely out of his mind. How many books did you read this year? 44, which makes me really, really mad because I'm like, it could have been 45, bitch. Could have been 45. I'm an idiot. I think I read 41, but I, I that's not counting books I reread. So I didn't know what to do about that. But I got to, I got to 41. So here's another fun question. Mm-hmm. The last book you read in 2021. The last book I read in 2021 was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. That's so cool. It was like, once I finished that, I was like, I have like two days where I could read another book and be done with it. But something, A, I was, I was very emotional after that. And sometimes you just get a little like book hungover and you can't read another book. And that's how I felt. But then also I was just like, to close my year out with that just feels like, oh, that was- I've been reading this series since August. You know what I mean? Right. That's so I was just good. like, this feels like a good chunk of my year. Yeah. And it makes me happy to finish with that. So I love that. Cute. What about you? My last book of the year was called um, The Decagon House, The Decagon House Murders by Yakito Ayatsuji. Um, and it was a Japanese murder mystery. Cool. It was quite fun. Um I actually liked it a lot. Um, so that was cool. That was cool. This year, 2022, what are your book goals? Me? Yeah. I, I don't know what my book goals are. I feel like I definitely want to read a lot more. Um, that's something I want to do. I feel like this is the first year this will be the first full year in my whole life that I won't be reading any books for school so a bunch of the books on my you know out of the 41 books I read in 2021 a good number of them were for school because I was still a student and now I'm in a year or so where I'm not going to be in school um, and so I think that kind of like autonomy is going to be really interesting for me. Um, having the time even. Um, I also work at a bookstore. And so I feel like I get to see a lot more books in the flesh, in the flesh than I usually do <laughs> beforehand. So that's kind of like cool. Like, I don't know if that could be like a goal or it's more so like something I'm looking forward to. But otherwise, like, I haven't really, like, I don't want to put a number on anything because I kind of just be going with the flowing of life. But I hope kind of I get, like, I got a new favorite book out of 2021, low-key. I got a bunch of new favorite books, but, like, I feel like my number one 
is like now one of my favorite books ever. And so it would be cool to get another, because I feel like that marks, that book for me encapsulates 2021. Like I think of it as 2021. So I really hope at some point I get a 2022 book just for fun that like changes my way of being in the world in the same way that this one did. Mm -hmm. That's like, I guess that would be my ultimate goal. I want to be changed by books in any way that I can. What else could we ask for? What else can you ask for? But what about you, Marissa? Well, like I said, I read 44 books this year. And I hate to be like, oh, I want to read this specific number of books this year because it's kind of silly to do that with books when if I'm going to read The Stand, I'm reading a poop ton of pages. Right. Based on if I'm reading like a novella, like... So it it kind of is weird to be like, oh, I want to read this number of books. But simply because I read 44 books, I'm like, I want to get to 50. Yeah. So I'm really going to try to do that. If I don't do that, then whatever. <laughs> I really don't care. I'm not going to lie. And I think another thing that I really want to do this year is I want to read um, a new YA book because I haven't read a YA book in a really, really long time. And I kind of miss the the YA feeling yeah and I want to read more slasher type books because that was kind of something new that I've been doing in 2021 and really not even till like the end of 2021 and I just really really like them so I really want to read more of them in 2022 and that's it those are my goals I mean, it would be really cool to read 52 books in a year because that would be a book, an average of a book a week, which would be fun. But who even knows? I, some people read hundreds of books in a year. Like some girlies on t- BookTok, read, they were like, I read 114 books. I was like, where did you get the time and the money, my friend? Because <laughs> that's a lot. They are the true uh, little sleepers. <laughs> they, are the, they are the little sleepers. They are the much readers. Also, I do want to do a disclaimer that never be mean to somebody about the amount of books they read in a year because if those people read 114 books, literally like good for them. But also if you only read, if you read seven books in 2021, if you read three, if you only got through one, that's fine. You're, everybody reads differently. And I, that made me mad one time. Like I saw like, if you were supposed to be commenting how many books you read on the TikTok and like somebody had only read like three books and this was like in like August or something. And people were being kind of mean to them. And I was like, let this person live. Like not everybody is a little sleep much reader. Right. That's a little bit rude. That is very, I don't think that we should, um, we shouldn't like, idolize reading a certain number of books yeah because like I like a we don't know people's lives yeah we don't know what's going on we don't know how much they're working we don't know maybe reading gives them headaches they can't read a lot like we don't know we don't know what we don't know what their deal is also like I said some books are longer than others maybe they read uh the goldfinch the secret garden and the stand That's a lot. <laughs> Let's not ask any more of that person. That, that is a lot. Yeah. And also, 
like I said, the last book that I read this year was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. And that book affected me so that I had to take a break from reading. Right. There are some books that just affect you so much. You need to take a break from reading. And that's, that's a-okay. We can't shame people for the books that they have or have not read. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you shouldn't be, you're not kicked out of the book community if you didn't really read that much this year. Like, yeah. like it's, it's, it's a fun place. We all got to be nice to each other and you're allowed to love books, but have periods of time where you don't, where you don't read. If you are listening to our podcast right now and you are a, a much sleeper and a little reader, we still love you. We still love you. Keep sleeping lots. Keep reading little. Do what you gotta do. Just go. We're just glad that you're here. We are. We're really thankful and we're really excited for season two because I think it's gonna be really lit. I right before we started recording, uh, I told Liza the books that I'm gonna read pretty much up until probably like April, right? Yeah, you you yeah. have out and. I mean, I don't know because I haven't read them, but like for me, I'm like banger, all of them bangers. Yeah, they sound good. I'm excited. I'm really excited. So if you didn't know for whatever reason, oh, wait, I should say that. What? Oh, yeah. Guys, I have uh, published my thesis book in the flesh. It's a real book. You can flip through the pages. You can look at it. It's got my picture on it. And if anyone wants to buy a copy, you can get a hardcover or a softcover. You can find me on Instagram or you can head over to my website, marissabelmonte.com. It's a collection of short, spooky little stories. And I mean, if you've liked quite a few of the books that we reviewed this year, I think that you guys might like it. Yes. So if you want one, Check it out. Liza also kind of helped me create it. So I was there. Liza was there from the beginning. Um, everybody read this book. It's some of the best short stories I've ever read in my entire life. And I'm also going to like get, I'm going to purchase um, the final copy at some point soon. But I have also like seen it in so many different versions and low key I've, I've seen a final version she's seen everything I've seen it all I've seen its bones I've seen its marrow and it's fire and everything was done by me really I mean I wrote the stories there are pictures in it because I'm about having pictures in books I made the pictures um I created the cover I put it together she edited it herself but I will say, me, Lexi, and Jess also edited it. They were my editors, yes. I'm not good at editing, so they were my editors. You guys, I don't know if you guys knew how cute this is, but me, Marissa, and our two besties, Lexi and Jess, all like read each other's theses basically all the way through and did line edits at the end of our school year last year. And I'm just so thankful for that. Like, what an experience that was. That was so good. I know. I want us to get a little writing group together again. We really should because I didn't really write that much after. Um, I didn't write really in the fall that much. Like, and I'm trying to, that is a goal for this year 
is mm-hmm. to write more, I know? just started writing again probably a week or so ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I started continuing one of the stories that are in my thesis. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that we should get together again. And if, if you are a writer and you have other people in your life who write or who like to read, send your stuff to them, yeah. do a little writing group because it really is helpful. It's, it is a good idea, guys. I'm, you know, I'm telling you right now, it's a good idea a good idea maybe we should move into it yeah, we get, go. get started so guys if you didn't know the episode for today our wonderful season two premiere is going to be called lsmr wrapped and it is going to be about our top 10 books of 2021 I'm very, very excited about it. And just before we begin, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping things. First of all, these are these are the 10 bests of 2021. That means that none of them are bad. So even the 10th book on my list still got a pretty high score, which so I don't hate any of these books. I actually loved all of these books. And Liza can say the same thing. There's not one book on this list that is bad. So please don't think just because something is, you know, lower on the list, that means that we did not like it. Not true. Also, remember that these are simply opinions. And while we are totally open for discussion, and while we would love to hear your thoughts on our list, or for you to tell us um, your best books of 2021, We will not apologize for our opinions, and we also expect our listeners to act kindly and respectfully if you are going to comment on our lists or at all. Just be nice. Why not? Don't you think we should always be nice all the time? I do. Also, if you would like to share your list of 2021 with us, you could do that on our socials at LSMR Podcast. And be sure to go there and check it out to see um, our full rated reading stacks of this year, which we will be posting shortly. I'm sure that Liza and I thought differently when it came to rating our books and what made one book a certain rating over another. I'm sure we went about rating different. Um, So we will try to explain that to you. But just keep in mind that just because one book is rated higher than another does not mean that that author is better. It doesn't mean um, that that book is like the golden standard of writing or something. It just simply means that we liked it more and that's fine. fine. And that's all right. That's cool. And I'm also just going to say how we're going to do this episode is you know, we're both going to say what our 10th book is, and then um, we'll both talk about it. And then we're going to go up to nine and so on and so forth. So yeah, so we're going to be doing our list simultaneously. And yeah, I will also say, so when I post my 
completed stack on the social. I'm going to do it um, with each Harry Potter book rated separately because I did read the Harry Potter books this year. And so that, that list is gonna show you where about I rated each of them. Whereas this list that I'm gonna talk about today, I just grouped, they are on my top 10 list, but I grouped them as a series instead of individually, just so that I can fit more books on here and talk to you about more. So yeah, so that's that. Let's get into this list then. Ooh. Number 10. My number 10 read of 2021 is Convenience Store Woman by Sayaka Murata. Um, this was one of the last books I read in 2021. It was like the second to last book I read. And it had been on my TBR for quite some time, both in like my cloud TBR and then more recently in my physical TBR. And it is a lovely little book um, by Japanese author Sayaka Murata. And it's super short, but just so, so full um, at the same time. But it also has like this weird indie movie vibe where like, you know, in indie movies where it's so fun to watch, but there's like not really a plot you're just like watching it happen. And this book has a little bit of that vibe. Um, it's not necessarily like a classic story arc and it's realism, but it is so like surreal. And the main character is so strange, but so relatable. And about a month later, I'm still thinking about the ending because it, for some reason, just absolutely blew my mind. Uh, like it knocked my socks off. Um, and basically, because I didn't rate this one on the pod, just to give you a quick summary. It's about a woman who works in a convenience store and she's worked there a lot longer than most people work in convenience stores. Um, you know, some people will treat that like it's like a, a, a stepping stone job or something like that. And she's just worked there her whole adult life. Um, and it's her career is working in the convenience store. Um, but people judge her for that. And they judge her for not having a husband and not having kids and not having a career, even though she has no interest really in any of those things. And the book is kind of a mini adventure about how she comes to terms with that and how she tries to fix it. And in the end, you know, makes her kind of own profound choice. And just to give like a little side note, I rated these in to make it like throughout the year, I rated every single book I read. So I rated it in an app. Um, so I didn't take as much of a microscope to it as I would if I was rating it on the podcast. Um, but if we're giving it stars, like I, I'll, I'm going to base it off the five star rating from this app instead of delving deep, deep into it with the 10. Um, and so I gave this book four stars. And so that just tells you out of the 41 books I read this year, the lowest book had two stars and every single book in the top 10 has four or more stars. So this one is at four. I've never even heard of that book. I think you would like it. It was really cool. And her second book, Earthlings is in my TBR and it's it sounds so different and it's like it's horror and I know kind of in a way and I know a lot of people were very disturbed by some parts of it um so I'm excited my number 10 book is Winterset Hollow 
by Jonathan Durham, a book that I have read for the podcast um, for Feast Week. So you guys probably know a little bit about it. And when I went about rating these books, I didn't always necessarily think like this book, its writing was super immaculate. So it should be number one on the list. I was pretty much just like, wow, like thinking back on this book and the way that it made me feel during and after I read it, how would I rate it? Um, And while there will be books that I'm like, this book had stellar language and things like that. I think that most of the list, these books got their place because of how they made me feel. And so with Winterset Hollow, I really, really appreciated how satisfying the story was. I know we talked about a little bit in the episode, but for some reason, this really felt like a reader's story to me. Um, I was surprised by the story and it's not like I knew what was going to happen. I was still like completely settled and okay with everything that happened. I loved this being uh, a debut book. Um, The main character actually reminded me a lot of Iggy from Horns, which I love. Um, And I don't know, I just have like a lot of appreciation for this book and the way that it seems to think about its reader so much and really the arc of the character of the main character specifically was just beautiful so I don't know I just felt so good after I read this book and so that's why I got a number 10 spot um I did think of my books on a one to ten scale just because my brain works easier that way and so this book got a seven for me on my list And so that's the lowest that I will go. Everything from here is on the up and up. So, yeah. Number nine. My number nine book of the year is The Lace Reader by Brunonia Berry. And I don't know, the way I want to frame this one is like, do you ever read a book and just go, yup, this book was like for me? Like, and and that's it. This book was for me. That's how I feel about it. I read it over the summer. It was a recommendation from my mom. Um, and I read it while on vacation in Ipswich, Massachusetts, but it takes place just a few miles away in Salem, Massachusetts, which is an area I'm very grateful to be familiar with and familiar with and know quite well. Um, and so I always think that's fun too, when you read a book that takes place in a place that you are so fond of. Um, and again, I did not read this on the podcast. I This was like the last book, one of the last books I read before we started the podcast, I think. Um, and it's about this woman returning to her home uh, in, in Salem and her grandmother and her mother who lives on this, pla- this island called Yellow Dog Island. Um, after years and years of being away and she's a witch, but she's not like a high fantasy witch. She's a very, very, very familiar. It's a very, very familiar, real kind of witchcraft, which is my favorite thing. Everybody knows this about me. And um, she, they're basically their family thing is that they're lace readers. So they can see the future or they can like tell fortunes through lace, um, which is cool. 
And um, basically the premise is that this sort of mystery unravels about her deceased sister and this strange church that has set up in town. Um, and the coolest part is that this woman starts the story by saying that she lies all the time. Um, and she's like, I love lying. <laughs> and I was like, what a cool thing for the narrator to admit their unreliability so close to the beginning of the book. And it was really cool because you, she said it right at the beginning of the book and then never mentioned it again. So, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but like, you almost forgot that she said that until you get to the end, which I really like. And, you know, there's a love interest. It has cool witchy summer vibes. It, the ending is nuts once again. Um, and there are sequels to it, including one that I bought that it's not necessarily a sequel, but like it takes place in the same town with some of the same characters. So I'm excited to read that because I do have it. Um, but yeah, I like highly recommend it. Like it was such like a, I loved it so much. And yeah, this is another book that I gave four stars. That sounds really cool. And I love an unreliable narrator um, as much as I don't even understand them. You know what I mean? Like, like what even is an unreliable, like, why is that even a thing? It's just so strange. Um, to, to think that a narrator is either reliable or not. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of strange to me, but I love it. Um, that sounds so interesting. And the other weird thing I just want to say too, that like you saying that reminded me of is like, she admitted it to us. How many narrators don't admit it to us? You know what I mean? Like we knew she was an unreliable narrator, but like, what if you read a book and the narrator was an unreliable narrator and you just didn't know? Like do you, like, is that possible that the writer knows that the narrator is lying, but never tells you that they were lying? I was just thinking about it. So for my number nine, I had the Harry Potter series as a whole. Like I said, I rated each book individually. And then I ended up adding up each of their scores and averaging it out. So it did average out to a seven. And so it makes it number nine on my list. It felt really, really good to be invested in a series like this again. It gave me that like warm feeling in my heart. And although Harry Potter is a children's slash YA book, it never feels like that, which is super interesting. Like, I don't think people would look at Harry Potter and be like, oh, that's a YA book. No, they, they would just consider it like fantasy. There were so many good things about being with this series. I started it in like late August, early September, and I didn't finish it until just the end of the year. And so I really felt invested in it and the characters, and it truly is something different. Um, for like me and Liza, we both grew up watching these movies. I think I saw the first one when I was very very small and it truly is something different to think that that is Harry Potter your whole life and then to read the books and be like there's this whole world that I'm missing there's so many pieces of this puzzle that I never got I would have never known that I don't know if I could say that can I say spoiler it's Harry Potter 
if you don't know what happens in Harry Potter at this point, I don't feel bad for you. Like, I feel like, I feel like the fact that Lupin and Tonks had a baby is so important. And the fact that it's almost like a repetition of what happened to Harry. I'm like, that is something that I cannot stop thinking about. And them just like dying in the movie was not enough. So I don't really think I need to explain why Harry Potter is on this list. I think if you guys read it, you'd probably, you probably understand. The only thing I will say, JK, can't write women. Can't do it and it makes me mad. JK can't do shit about shit. Like we love Harry Potter and we're like, I'm glad it exists, but we hate. Okay, here's a shocking one. Get ready. My number eight book of 2021 is Normal People by Sally Rooney. Wow. Um, This book took me by fucking surprise. I had seen so many people read it online and in real life, and I had avoided it for some reason. I was like, hey, this book probably isn't for me just not probably ever going to read it. But then something occurred in the summer. No, maybe it, no, this fall where people started making like edits from the TV show with this like really beautiful song. And like, they were like moving me in some way. And I was like, I feel as though I want to read this book. Like something is pulling me towards it. And my sister like loves the book. So she had it. So it wasn't like I needed to go out and buy a copy. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to read it. And damn, did that throw me for a loop. I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) It was so real and raw and sad, but also cozy and wholesome. Um, And it is giving very Irish, which we stand. And my biggest thing about why this is number eight, this is also four star read, but why this isn't number eight is because of the writing style. It was truly like, unlike any writing style I've really encountered. Her writing, Rooney's writing style is so natural, like, like maybe the most conversational writing I've ever seen. Um, there's no flowery language whatsoever, like none, but I, loved that and my favorite thing about her is that she doesn't use quotation marks and around the dialogue which I adored and that was this critique like I saw a lot of people on book talk being like I don't like this book there's not quotation marks and I was like fucking grow up like you know how to read it like you just read it like it's not that hard (laughs) um and I actually read two books this year that had dialogue with no quotation marks and I think this book did it better um I just loved it. And both um, of the main characters are really relatable in their own unique way. And yeah, when you get down to it, it is a love story, but it's a very real love story. Um, And that is usually so not my thing. Like, y'all know this about me. If it's straight up realism with no weird shit going on, like, am I going to reach for it? Not usually, but I, this... I love this book. I thought it was gorgeous. And yeah, I'm really glad that I 
read it and there is a TV show and I've seen half the TV show and the TV, TV show is really phenomenal too. Um, but if you want to be like a little bit like hollow, like, I don't know, the best way I can describe this book like filled me, like held me. But then when I got to the end, like I was so satisfied, but I was so hollow at the same time because it is a realistic romance. So do with that information what you will. Um, it's normal people. Like think of it as the title, I guess, is the thing I want to say about it. So yeah, number eight, Sally Rooney, normal people. Yeah, wow, I was not expecting that at all. I'm glad that you liked that book, though. And, um, you know, our one critique about book talk, they need to grow up. Um, my number eight book was Red Clocks by Lenny Zumas. And this is a loud story in a quiet book. And I loved, I loved how quiet this book was. It like, it was not in any way comforting. You know, this was an extremely important story about being a lady, being a woman. Um, and it was the closest thing that I've ever read to like femininity and women's bodies. But something about it was really comforting for that reason despite it being such a tough concept and bad not fun concept although I mean like the concept is great but it's not something that you want to live in type thing the cast of characters were absolutely superb um elite and I just I don't know I guess I just felt really comforted by all of the characters yeah this was a great book and so it was number eight and I actually rated it an eight look at that number seven my number seven book of the year is the inheritance of Orchidia Divina by Zoreta Cordova I read this for our Hispanic Heritage Month episode and what a truly magical book. You guys have already heard me talk about this book at length. So I'm gonna keep this one maybe like a little bit on the shorter side, but I just loved the magic in this book. I thought it was so original and strange. Um, I thought it was a great modern iteration of that classic Latin American magical realism style we talked about. And of course the real star of the show, of course, was the characters. And um, I think at the time when I read it, I gave it like a nine or a 10 because like in that character section, they were so real and thought out. And like, it, I think I said this on the episode too, but like none of them were wasted um, and no spoilers, but I cried when I read this for real, for real. And like, that's rare for me. Um, so do with that what you will once again. And um, this is so good like this book we're at the point in my list where these books are so good that like if you don't read them if you don't read the book you need to say to yourself why am I hurting myself in this way <laughs> why am I holding myself back from experiencing this awe and joy like this is where it's starting to get real and I I you know go back to the episode to hear more of our thoughts on these Hispanic Heritage Month books but um uh, for um in 
to keep in the style of the writing I did for the whole year. This book also had a four. Amazing, beautiful, loved it. My number seven book was I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reed. This is another book that really got its place for how it made me feel when I was done. I closed this book and sat there for a minute and literally was like, oh, um, the first time I read this book, I think it was like February or March of last year. And I'm pretty sure I texted in our group chat with Liza and Jess and Lexi. And I was like, has anyone read this book or seen the movie? And like, it's just one of those books where I felt like I had to talk to someone to be like, what the heck? Um, most of the book is very subtle horror, which I was really appreciating. And because I was writing my thesis at the time, I was really looking for that um, subtle horror. And then it goes out with like a huge crescendo, um, which I love. And this book genuinely made me think about the simplicity and or complexity of story ideas. Um, and I, again, I really appreciated that. Um, this is one that I rated on the podcast. So you guys can definitely hear all my thoughts about it in that episode, um, in the Psychor episode. Overall, um, I rated this book an eight. We're getting there. We're almost halfway. Speaking of psychological horror, my number six book of 2021 is We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. If this book book didn't make the list, then that would have just been ludicrous. <laughs> like, can you imagine? I don't know. I feel like everybody knows another thing I just can't seem to shut up about. Shirley Jackson is my hero. I love that little freak so much. I want to be with her essence in Bennington, Vermont so bad. And this book is truly fire. Um, of course, I also talked about this on the psychological horror episode. So you can hear more of my thoughts on it there. Um, yeah, this book is incredible. I like it even better than The Haunting of Hill House. You can finish it in one day, which is always fun. It's so fucking weird. Um, and it's so tense, even though once again, like the other shorter books I have on this list, there's not necessarily a whole lot of plot, but there is at the same time. And like, it's so tense. And, and when I say that, I mean, like, not like your heart is necessarily beating really fast tense. Like this book feels like, like, like bugs crawling underneath your skin kind of like it. It, this book, Shirley Jackson gets under your skin in the strangest, coolest ways. And that's what I really love about her. Uh, that's always what I want. That's what I want to achieve. Hence why this book also got four um, stars and is my number six book of 2021. Ooh. Um, my number six book is... Which, okay, guys, I did, in fact, read books that were not for our podcast, <laughs> but just a lot of the ones we read for the podcast were just so good. I couldn't not put them on this list. 
So the number six book that I, the number six on my list would be Men We Reaped by Jasmine Ward. This book was just so beautiful. I couldn't not have it on this list. It was the first book that made me cry in a really, really long time. It was really because of the way she laid the story out, because of the way she crafted it and put it together. Um, If she would have just told the story chronological, I probably wouldn't have like sobbed as hard as I did. I, I just couldn't justify putting this book any lower. It was beautiful. It was devastating. I had such a reaction to it. And I, it really did surprise me because nonfiction and memoir specifically is not my kind of book at all. But the story, the stories of these people was just so amazing um, and touched me so deeply. It had to be on this list. And again, this is another one we reviewed. You can hear more of my thoughts on it in our memoir episode. I promise you the next one is one that has not been (laughs) on on the podcast. Number five. Okay, get ready, y'all. The next five books, by the way, technically all have 4.5 stars. Uh, but I would like to make a little note that I would say number five and number four have 4.5 stars and number three, two, and one probably have like 4.75 stars, just if I was going to like, you know, get a little crazy. Um, but are you ready for my number five book? (gasps) My number five favorite book of 2021 is Horns by Joe Hill. (laughs) Thank God for Marissa for making me read this book for our season one finale. Oh my God, I loved it. Um, Again, just go listen to the episode for my in-depth review and for some of Missy's thoughts on the books too. Um, It's not that hard. It's the episode right before this one, so you might as well. Um, You can hear about red clocks in that episode too. But the horror of horns, the vibes of horns, the plot of horns, the characters in horns, immaculate, immaculate. I still thought about it deeply for days after I read it. And there was, I even like texted Marissa, I think like a few like maybe the next day, I don't remember when it was after we like filmed. Cause I like, I was thinking about when he says, oh, oh my God. He says that the river, that he says something smells like river and fireworks. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I was like, yes, it does. I was like, yes, it does. Um, and I still thinking about so the some of the horror in this book like it will never actually probably leave me and I'm not saying that like if you read this book you're going to be so disturbed that you have to put it down like it's not that kind of disturbing at all it, it it's really not but there are some things that you'll just be like like so this is all to say I thought about it deeply for days or weeks after I finished it but like to this day like a whole month basically later I just am sitting there sometimes like literally minding my own business and an image will come into my head and I'm like get the fuck out of there but also 
thank you for reminding me about that masterpiece. Um, ah, it's just so good. What the hell? So good. Read it. We love you, Joe Hill. Thank you for your service. <laughs> we we truly do love Joe Hill. Yeah, I mean, it's been years since I read that book, and still sometimes I'm like, whoop, that that just snuck in there. Um, but in the best way. In the best way. I'm like, thank you for coming. Now please leave. So my fifth book of the year, which was rated an eight, is my favorite thing is Monsters by Emil Ferris. This is a book that I had to read had to read for a class, and it's actually a graphic novel. Um, so I think this book is part of the reason why I have a lot of issues and feelings about graphic novels where I feel like they're not giving me everything I need. I think it's because of this book, because this book gave me so much. It gave me like almost exactly what I wanted. The art in this book is to die for. I believe it's all colored pencils. Um, it's on notebook paper. It's beautiful. Um, like I said, this is not a book we've covered so if you don't know, this book is about um, a young girl whose upstairs neighbor gets murdered or she mysteriously dies. Um, and she takes it upon herself to kind of become like a neighborhood investigator and detective, despite the fact that she feels like she doesn't fit in and that she very much feels like a monster in her own neighborhood. Yeah, I still sometimes just pick this book up to flip through it and just look at the pencil drawings. And um, it also left me on a cliffhanger that really hurt my feelings, um, especially because this book took so many years to make. I mean, the author is not only creating this whole mystery story that's so well-developed, um, but she's also drawing all, all of these beautiful pictures in a notebook. And so this book was delayed quite a few times. And volume two of this book was supposed to come out, I believe it was September 15th of 2021. Still isn't out yet, and we have no updates on that. But like, I'm not even mad because I can't wait to know about this cliffhanger. There were so many like wow moments, so many shockers in this book. It was truly, it was beautiful. Yeah, that's why it's my number five. It was just really good. And I think everyone needs to give it a good, a good look through at the very least. So, yeah. We're getting there. I'm getting nervous. <laughs> I know, me too. Um, my number four book of the year is Savage Conversations by Leanne Howe. Even though this is only my number four, it definitely, like, without a doubt, is number one in terms of the coolest book I read this year. Um, this was the book that I read for our Indigenous Heritage Month episode. Um, 
And it's basically set up like a play, even though it's a novel. And there are only two characters, kind of three characters, but one is, I don't know if we can count it, but I feel like we should. And the dialogue is so strange. And it also, the other really cool thing about this book is that it reframes history in this really important decolonizing way. And the reason it's number four on my list is because it's one of those books that for the rest of time, probably, when people are like, what's a super cool or weird book that you've read? Or like, if I ever hopefully do get the chance to teach classes to little mini writers, um, and I want them to read books that are going to like help them become better writers or like show that like not everything has to fit in like a little box of what you think of as a story or a novel, even like a dialogue lesson, like I would share this book, like it's a book that I want other people to read, read this literally, because you will be shaped, like shook by the artistry of this book in the very best way. And it's also tiny. It took me like two hours to read. If that, I can't even remember. It's just so cool. Um, So yeah, that's my number four, Savage Conversations by Leanne Howe. Okay, so my number four is The Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. I could see this book being placed anywhere on a list if that makes sense like the story isn't wow that was like a beautiful arc and totally amazing and made me sob it's not like that the writing isn't like wow that's like crafted so beautifully and so lyrical and it made me like no I just genuinely thought that this was such a fun read for me I didn't want to put it down simply because I was enjoying the story and I just wanted to see what happened next if you are a slasher movie fan your knowledge is tested in such a fun way when you read this book for those of you who don't know this is about um our final girls and they're in a support group together when something goes wrong and it seems as though they are being targeted again it was this book is never horrifying it was never disgusting um like I said it was never lyrical or beautiful it was just a really good story it was really fun it was engaging for me um I just thought it was a good bit of imagination I enjoyed the twist in it um and I just really liked the like you know what happens after the massacre and after the films um it was just fun for me and it kept me on my toes in a way that I really appreciated and so I think that it deserved to be number four I I gave it I rated it a nine and every book from here on out is a nine number three. Oh my god how many people <laughs> scared um so now all of these are like a 4.75. Like I said, um, my number three read of 2021 was From Here to Eternity by Caitlin Doty. This is the only nonfiction in my top 10. Um, but I will say I did have other nonfiction in my top 20. Um, but this is the only one I made it into the top 10 and it made it into the top three. Out of all the books I read this year I might go as far to say that this one perhaps had the most profound 
impact on me. So like I said, it's nonfiction. It's by Caitlin Doty, who is a figure in the death care industry. Um, she has a really cool funeral home out of LA. She has a YouTube channel called Ask a Mortician. Um, and this book is essentially about her travels around the world, exploring how other cultures treat death and dying. Um, which when you read it, you'll see that it is such a stark comparison in terms of how we in the West and in the United States particularly think about the dead and treat the dead. I have always loved the macabre, but this kind of, in a way, for me at least, removed the macabre from the thought of death and dying, if that makes sense. This book is not for everybody. I think it might scare some people depending on kind of what you can withstand in terms of, of coming to terms with your own mortality. But this book truly opened my eyes and removed, for, for me at least, removed some of that fear about death and more specifically what happens to your earthly remains when you depart. Um, and it made me like very passionate about imagining new ways of not only living in the world, but of dying in the world. Like it doesn't need to be, this book shows you that dying doesn't need to be the way that most of us end up doing it here in the United States. And I honestly think this is a must read. Um, it's one of the best books I've, it was the top three book I read in 2021, but also one of the best books I've ever read in my life. So definitely pick this up. And yeah, that's my number three. Ooh, also kind of about dying. <laughs> Uh, my number three is Tenders to Flesh by Augustina Bazterica. And so this is a book, I know this book is not for everyone. It's just simply not. But this book is on here for the way it made me feel about myself. And I guess like it made me reconsider the way readers often feel or relate to characters in a book, specifically main characters. The writing was very beautiful. It was disturbing. The world was really well developed. I literally, like my body had a physical reaction without me meaning, like, it's not like I was like, ew. No, like I felt sick. I felt like I was going to vomit. And I just really love that. And I appreciated that. And so that's why this book got my number three spot. Again, if you want to hear more about it, it's in our body horror episode. And Wow. Yeah. So that was my number three. And like I said, it got a nine. Number two. Okay. Oh my God. I'm like nervous for these top two. Cause like, I feel just go with it. Okay. My number two book of the year is Beloved by Toni Morrison. I almost made this my number one and it feels kind of dumb that it's not number one but here we are that's just how the cookie crumbles um I think because I don't know this is literally one of the best things I've ever read in my whole damn life um and there are so many things about it that stick with me and shook me but maybe I made the other book number one because because this book 
like held me as a writer and a reader and a person it like enveloped me but the number one book I had my jaw on the floor as a writer and a reader and a person and so I think that's how the ultimate decision came but like these top three books were literally neck and neck for very different reasons um so this is the third or fourth Toni Morrison I have ever read and she is always great um but this book is really special it's a ghost story, it's historical fiction, it's realism, it's magical, it's horror, it's everything. Um, the symbolism and repetition and language is truly 10 out of 10 on any writing scale. And it's actually like even more so than my personal number one choice, a must read. Like I love my number one choice but I don't know if you should or want to walk through the rest of your life, however much longer you are on or in this life without reading this book. Um, it's that good. And yeah, that's that's kind of all I, I think I really need to say about it. Um, thank you, Toni Morrison, for everything you've given us. Um, and this book also feels special because Marissa and I read it in a for a class um, and with a teacher that I really love and care for. Um, and I, Marissa was also in the class and my friend Lexi was in the class. So I just have like fond memories, I guess, tied to reading this for the first time. And like that was like February 2021. So it also was one of the first books I read that year. Um, yeah, amazing. Wow. My number two was Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chbosky. This book felt like a book I was looking for for a long time without even realizing that I was. Um, I guess like it, it did feel in some way that this book was like written to be my reader taste of book. I could not put this book down when I was reading it. Um, I know I've, I've talked about it before on the second episode I think we ever did. So like I said, I was on vacation and I was like, this is great. I was reading this book on the beach. Everything about it was just perfect. I also love the work that I had to do for the book um, or not even that I had to do, but that I did, you know, the kind of like guesswork, the detective work that I did, um, a lot of thinking about characters, but I think that if I had to be like, okay, this was the one thing about this book that gave it the number two spot, it is the way, it's the form, it's the way that Chbosky really plays and uses everything to make this book creepy. It blew my mind. I would have never thought, I mean, obviously in our brains, a lot of people read Caps is yelling and not caps is talking normally. I would have never thought that I could use that in an actual published book. I would have never thought that like, um, you know, I don't know. I guess that this book really just made me think about how people read and that changing the font is actually makes a difference in the way that they read it. And it could make the book creepier. It can make the book more intense. Super, super duper appreciated that. And that's, I don't, I just love this book. That's why I got my number two spot. I think that this is a must read for horror fans, specifically like Stephen King fans. I think you guys would like it. 
Number one. Drum roll, please. How many people were surprised? My number one pick of 2021 is After Dark by Haruki Murakami. Full circle, because Marissa's number two choice was the second episode mm -hmm. pick. And my number one choice was our second episode pick. Uh, go and listen to it for our full thoughts on both of those books, but you guys already know I love this book. I love Murakami. His short stories are some of my favorite existing pieces of literature. And I would go as far to say as this book changed my life, not in an earth shattering way, but like I won't be the same as a writer, I think, after reading this, um, which is almost always a good thing and a very special thing. And I think that's a big part of the reason why I made it my number one choice. Um, I still have a lot of Murakami to read because he is so prolific and I'm really excited by that. But in the same way, like his short story, for example, where I'm likely to find it, flipped me upside down and changed my life. Like I, I will always, always, always hold that story in that position. I'm wondering if this novel will be the same way in terms of his work, um, or if he will somehow be able to outdo himself with one of his other novels that I have yet to read. Um, but yeah, man, yo, fuck. I just love this book. Um, I talk about it in that episode, but like that one was a long time ago. So like, just to give you like a tiny refresher, like this book is a road odyssey that takes place over the course of a few hours in the middle of the night and it switches back perspectives between one setting and, and the other. And there's a very peculiar cast of characters and it's the best thing about it, other than Murakami's classic writing style, is that it's from a we perspective, which I will never be able to forget. Like, I, I know I talk about that all the time, but like something about, reading a book from a wee perspective like after you do that you'll just be like what the even hell like that was what really did it for me but also the story is so good and the end is so good like it, there's so many things about this book that just encapsulate this book perfectly encapsulates I feel like my favorite kind of book and so that's why I think I made it um my number one choice um but yeah favorite book of 2021 hands down so thankful that I read it wow guys wow so making my top list was really really hard especially when I got to like the top three or four I was like I know that these books are in here now but I don't know what order to make them and so this book I didn't necessarily love every single thing about it it wasn't necessarily my style of book but it is top one spot without a doubt um it's beloved by Toni Morrison I could not this book is on every greatest book list I've ever seen and it's for good reason I couldn't justify putting it anywhere else but the top spot like Liza said we read this at the same time 
And I remember texting in the group chat and being like, oh my God, Liza, when you get to this part, when you get to this specific page, you have to let me know because like I'm stunned, absolutely stunned. And it just, you know, it stands. I w- This book started slow for me. I was really unsure about it. But the more I kept reading, the more I got into it, the more I fell in love with it, the more I started to pick up on the patterns and the, the almost strange little things that were happening. Absolutely horrifying. The, there's a moment of realization in this book. And I had to read that part, which I know Eliza knows exactly what I'm talking about. I had to read that part three or four times before I could like stop shaking because it, it was just it's so good. Um, I don't have to say that Morrison's writing is beautiful and well calculated and how good the, the kind of repeating aspects are. It's we're talking about Tony Morrison here, like, of course. And I feel like there's nothing that I can say that hasn't already been said about the book. It's just, you know, even though this book wasn't like, I didn't feel like it was the perfect book for me or anything like that. I, I, it was just amazing. And it has one of the most horrifying moments in literature, in my opinion. Um, So it was my number one spot of the year. I rated a nine. And wow, like if you guys have not read this book, I I don't know what to tell you at this point. Like you have to read it. And you know what, if you've already read this book, go read it again right now so that we could talk about it because it's it's just amazing. I knew that book was going to be on both of our lists. I knew it. As soon as I was like, okay, we probably both put it as number one. As soon as you said it was number two, I was shook. I was like, whoa. I was shook when I didn't put it as number one. I thought low key, both of us were going to have it as number two and both of us were going to have After Dark and Imaginary Friend as our number like you were gonna have imaginary friend and I was gonna have after dark just because like you said like it's not even that like beloved was like perfect for you but imaginary friend like was perfect for you and after dark was perfect for me and so that's how I thought things were gonna play out at the end but you threw me for a loop I said surprise 2021 my dude we read some good books yeah wow um welcome back guys and i don't know about liza but i really want to hear what other people's favorites of 2021 were and i would also love to know if you've read any of the books on our list and what you think about them so like i said in the beginning if you'd like to let us know what your favorites are or if you want to know what you think about our books Go to our socials, Twitter and Instagram at and TikTok at LSMR Podcast. And, and we're back. We're back. And tune in next week um, for a fresh, fresh episode of our most recent reads, which I don't know if Marissa or I know exactly what that's gonna be yet. So if you tune in, you'll find out. You'll find out then. I would just like to say as a sneak peek for this whole season uh we've got more spooky stuff coming your way we got some poetry coming we're going to do a book talk episode and 
maybe some YA sprinkled in there, maybe a, a children's book sprinkled in there. We don't know, but we kind of do know. So just look forward to that. I think this is going to be a fun season. Maybe, maybe we'll top the last season. And I can't wait for one year from now when I'm doing the, the top best, top 10 of 2022. We may be in another year of the global pandemic, but we're also in another year of just sitting and reading and not sleeping and much reading. <laughs> exactly. Period. Also, I just got boosted today. Uh, get your boosters, people. Yeah. Please get vaccinated. Get your boosters. And even if you don't want to do that, um, please wear your mask. Please hand sanitize yourself. Wash your hands. Please. Hey, maybe just. Maybe just be clean. You know what you guys could do that oh, would be yeah. nice. If you take public transportation or something, lube up your hand with some hand sanitizer and just like slather it on the pole. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're sick, don't fucking go out. Don't go out if you're sick, guys. Don't don't make unnecessary journeys. <laughs> no. If you gotta go somewhere, drive around in your car, but don't leave it. Yeah. What the hell? Like we're trying- maybe you can leave it if you're like in the middle of a park by yourself. Let's just say Marissa and I are trying to have a very special tropical season of little sleep, much reading, and we can't do that if y'all don't get your shit together. You can't do it. And y'all can't do it either. So if you want to have a tropical reading getaway, boosted mask, clean vibes, period, only. You, You know what? If you don't leave your house, you can read more books. So true. So I think that's all we got to say about that. That's it. That's uh, it for season two, episode one. Woo-hoo. The ladies are excited and we will see you next week. Thank you for letting us talk into your ear holes. We love you very much. Bye. Bye.